Travolting presents The Fraser's Edge. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering Child of Darkness, Child of Light. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. Welcome back to Travolting Presents, The Fraser's Edge. My our... audio settings have not changed. <laughs> I am so happy to hear that. We are just plugging everything right back in and sailing off with another project. Yes, jumping right back into it. Um, we finished, we we set our due with Travolta. I think we, I think we, uh, we set out, we finished what we set out to do. Yes, with John we did. Travolta. And I think along the way, we have sort of made the self-discovery that Travolting is bigger yes. than Travolta. Yes. And Travolting th- is an idea. Travolting is an idea. It's a people, not a place. It's a philosophy. Yes. It's a moral. It's a compass. It, that a, points a, us the direction of where we go. It's a north guiding star. Yes. Travolting is the star that takes us through the careers of Hollywood's finest Hollywood's weirdest, Hollywood's most interesting. Yeah. And who fits the bill better to follow up Travolta than the one and only Brendan Fraser. Fraser? And I just I want to say this right now. I want to establish this. Because this this is a grand topic of discussion. Yeah. And the title of the show literally doesn't work unless I establish it. Yeah. It is pronounced Brendan Fraser. 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 Not like, Frasier. It's not Frasier. No Kelsey Grammer in here. Yeah. This isn't the hit TV show. You're not no Frasier Crane. I mean, Kelsey Grammer might be in one of these movies. I don't know. Um, but no, it's Brendan Fraser. The Fraser's Edge. The Fraser's Edge doesn't work. That just seems like the final episode of Frasier. Yeah. This is the Fraser's Edge. Because we are going to be right on the Fraser's Edge of covering these movies. Yeah. And Stewart is going to hold the Fraser's Edge to my throat. Uh, by the final episode. I mean, you know, I started off the Travolting podcast episode one with bring it back to the devil's reign. And I had such enjoyment and excitement. And I think it's only right that we go from one satanic religious movie. <laughs> yes, this is very strange. Into now the very first movie of Brendan Fraser, which is about another religious dogma. <laughs> it's another satanic movie. It's another satanic movie called... Child of Darkness, Child, Child of, of Light. But before we dive into that, I think because like he's barely in that movie. He is. He's barely in it. Yeah. He's in it for maybe three seconds. Yeah. In like one panning shot. But it's still important. It's still his first movie. We're, we're talking about it. Yeah. But I think we should use this opportunity that we're not going to have a lot to talk about with the movie to kind of set the stage for you where we're say at. that now, Jeff Sweeney, yes. but I remember very clearly what happened to the other non-appearing George Wilson <laughs> movies. So, but we'll you see. You mean our we'll hour see. and a half welcome to Hollywood episode? Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is true. I can't argue. Okay. But yeah, but, we should talk about... Yeah, we should set the stage for who this guy is, why we want to cover him, why we like him. Yeah. Or maybe we don't like him. I, I do, but... Yeah, I, 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 I like him. Yeah. I think most people like him now. Yes. And that's that's why I I think when we initially came up with the idea of doing Fraser next, we both kind of had like the light bulb go off. Yeah. In that he Travolta was interesting because he had a career arc. His was a high skyrocket sky, beginning to the top of the mountain to the lowest ditch, 
to a higher mountain and then like literally into the Mariana Trench being dragged down by a bricks on his feet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with with a with a very thin, weak yes. glimmer of hope that he might ever be Figure able to it out. come back. Whereas Fraser has this inverse arc of that. Sorry. To me, John Travolta's climax of the podcast is very similar to Ray looking up into the twin suns and saying Ray Skywalker. Yes. Like I'm <laughs> like, like I have kind of... no hope, but if they make an episode 10 with Ray, I'm like, I guess I would watch yeah, it. But I'm like, like, I hope I it's good. I hope it's good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, they bring back Palpatine again, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is akin to John Travolta doing the Pulp Fiction dance yes, again. <laughs> when he does Pulp Fiction too, that he self funds and directs himself. But this is not about John Travolta. Yes, damn it. We're, we're done with him. We're done with him. Until, at least until Paradise City comes out. Um, <laughs> or until we cover the Poison Rose again. Yes. <laughs> we, we should, I'm going to say it now. We should call that episode the Poison Rose 2 um, electric boogaloo or, or like we should, or like Hypercube or something. Like pick one of those really bad sequels. Attack of the, Attack of the Roses. Yeah, Attack of the Roses. Revenge of the, Revenge of the Poison Rose. Like yeah. we should, we should name it something fun Phantom like Phantom Poison. Yeah. But no. So, what makes Brendan Fraser interesting to me is that he has that inverse arc. Yeah. Where he kind of like, he did reach that same ditch as Travolta. Yeah. But he's building his way back up. Mm-hmm. And so many of the faults of his career are not of his control. Right. And so, whereas Travolta's like watching a, like a Roman, tra- a Greek tragedy, we're like, stop, stop doing this. <laughs> and he's like, I'm doing it. And I know. <laughs> with Brendan Fraser, you're like, with everything, you're like, oh, God. I was really hoping this is going to pan out for him. Yeah. Like, it's going to be exciting to just root for this guy through his career, I feel like. Yeah. And that's what I, like, to me, that's the big question of this podcast. Is where Travolta, we were kind of, like, we were trying to ask, like, what is it, like, what is this guy's deal? Right. I think with Brendan Fraser, the question I'm coming in with is, what is it that makes him so appealing to us? Yeah. What is it that makes him, like, a folk hero? Because, you know, he's been in a bunch of movies that we like, but there's something about him and his persona Person. and his personality yeah. that really attracts you to it. And it comes out in his movies, it comes out in his real life, and I kind of want to examine, like, what that is with the show. Yeah. So to me, that's, like, what we're going in with, is figuring out why do we like this guy so much? Is it earned? Is it not earned? Or is it just, like, what makes me want to root for him? Yeah. I, I 100% agree. And I mean, I'm sure everyone has their guesses and thoughts yeah. right now, but I think it's uh, more fruitful to enjoy that process going through the journey. Yes. So I think well, let's embark on this journey yes. called Brendan Fraser, Jeff. Yes. Stuart, what was your first Brendan Fraser movie? Like what Fraser? What's well, like your... here's the thing. Like I have some memories of watching George of the Jungle when I was really little. Yeah. Um. But I think the most impactful one of obviously is the Mummy. Yeah, of course. I think that's going to be a lot of people's biggest yes. Brendan Fraser journey. Ricochet O'Connell, <laughs> uh, just coming back, and you know there there were there's been a few other ones that you know I mean I feel like you know with Brendan Fraser he's got the Mummy and those are like you know the main ones that people know him by, but he's got some other um, films that I've seen and I I'm actually like. You know what? I'm I'm kind of a, uh, I'm I'm kind of into this guy. Yeah. Um, it it didn't get great reviews and it didn't get uh notable any notoriety of all. But in a 2010 movie, he did extraordinary measures, 
where he plays a father of yeah. uh, sick children who, and he's like studying to like search for the cure of their illness or whatever. Yeah. He has a lot of really great performance moments in that. I, from what I remember. Yeah. Now we might watch that movie again and I might be proven wrong, but, <laughs> um, but you know, I, uh, I, I, nothing this guy has done is like offended me from yeah. what I can remember from what I can remember. Yes. I mean, I'm sure we'll, I mean, we're going to have to cover crash on this show, which yeah. is a movie that has questionable, like, which has a questionable legacy. Of course. Um, best picture winner, but it has a questionable legacy and we will deal with that when we get to it. Yes. Um, but he, you know, he's, what about you, Jeff? I mean, it's the mummy is yeah. the thing that like the mummy was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Yeah. And I would say he's a big part of it because he's like, I mean, we'll talk about when we get to, it. I don't want to like get, put the cart too ahead of the horse. Yeah. But one of Brandon Fraser's like most enduring qualities that I like about him is he fits into this archetype of, you know, the, the like attractive, tough hero. But he has, <clears throat> sorry, he has this ability to have a certain vulnerability to him. Yeah. And in sometimes that comes out as like a real vulnerability, like emotional, you know, sadness. There's some like deep um, emotion there. Yeah. And other times I think that vulnerability comes out is in the same way that Harrison Ford was never afraid to like look like an idiot in the mo- in movies. Yeah. Harrison Ford's willing to let Indiana Jones get beat up a lot. Yeah. Or, Her- or let Han Solo like be the butt of a joke. Yeah. Brendan Fraser has that lack of ego about his performances. He's willing to let the performance, you know, he's willing to be an idiot in The Mummy. As opposed to like Vin Diesel who puts it in a contract yeah. that Dom can't get beaten in a fight. Yeah. Yes. Right. And Dom can like destroy buildings by stomping on them. Yeah, is... yeah. And he can totally beat The Rock. Yeah. Totally. I can buy that on TV. But he has this lack of ego in his performances. I agree. In that he'll let himself, you know, be, you know, he doesn't always have to be the hero. And if he's, and when he lets that happen, for example, in The Mummy, lets himself kind of be the fool sometimes, mm-hmm. it makes the emotional arc of the character shine more fully through. Yeah. Because this feels like a real person. And it feels like someone who you could like actually root for instead of just being like, oh, this guy's the best hero of all time. You're like, he's a person, he's a goofball, but you know, that's just kind of covering up this emotional core to him. Yeah. This vulnerability that Brendan Fraser is letting come through. Yeah. And we don't get that in either of the movies that you and I are talking about today because he's barely in them. Right. <laughs> but um, that's just kind of my initial going into point with Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Why I find him appealing. And I also like to point out that Brendan Fraser was born in my home state yes indiana he was born in indiana indianapolis indiana he yes and uh i don't know that's just one of our quick small little claims to fame is indiana has brendan fraser so he was born in indiana um to canadian parents he has dual canadian and u.s citizenship Hmm. Uh, he kind of goes between the two of them um he has an uncle who's like an olympic uh like gold medalist Okay. Um, which is cool, that, but that's his only real connection to the film industry. Yeah, he's not a child of nepotism necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has um, he has some siblings. But it was his. He went to when he was a child. He moved around a lot. Yeah, with his family, and at one point they settled in London for a bit. Yeah, and while they were there, his story is that he went to West End and he saw a play. Um, I don't exactly know what the play is. Let me see if I can find this information. But he saw a play in London, and that's what kind of initially, you know, attracted him to the idea of acting. Yeah. He was like, if those people are doing that, and that's their life, and that they're embodying these characters. That's something I want to do. Yeah. So he goes out, and he pursues acting. 
He uh, goes to Cornish College of the Arts in Seattle. Mm. Graduates in 1990, which is a year before this movie comes out. What year was he born? He was born in 1968. He's currently 53. So that means he graduated when he was... He would have been 22, which is... Yeah, it's on track. Okay, it's on track. That's normal age. Um, he was initially planning on going for a master's in acting, Mm -hmm. um, but on one of his journeys after he graduated, he went to Hollywood and decided why go to college when I could just try and make it here. Yeah. Because if you can make it here, I can make it anywhere. Of course. Which is a song that is not about LA. But, um, he goes to Hollywood and he gets bit parts. He starts being a background extra. There are several movies prior to Child of Darkness, Child of Light that we could talk about hypothetically where he's a background extra. Yeah. But like he, you literally cannot find him in these movies. Yeah. It's like Brendan Fraser uncredited extra. And yeah. I did not think we needed to do that. Did you catch him when he was in the movie? I did. Yeah. I also caught him and I took a screenshot and sent it to Jeff. I'm like, there he is. We he's found in, him. He's, he's technically an extra in this movie, but he is credited in the end credits. Yeah. As John's friend. Yes. I almost think maybe he had another scene and they cut it. Cause that's very strange that he is like seventh build. In this I wonder movie. if he was the basketball player. Maybe because you won't see him. Yeah, like it's very pucks. I, I watched this on YouTube for free. He very well might have. Yeah, that's the only way to like I could find to watch this movie. It's yeah, a YouTube link. Uh, cool. But yeah, um, he is in this movie. Uh, I should say this is his first credited like role in a movie mm-hmm. outside of that extra period of his life. Yeah, which a lot of actors start off as extras. There's no shame in that. Of course. Um, it's a way to get it out there. Um, and then he gets this role as John's friend in Child of Darkness, Child of Light, his first movie that we will talk about. It came out in 1991. Yes. Exactly one year after he graduates from Cornish. Yes. Which means he presumably shot this almost immediately after he graduated. Pretty much. Like probably graduated May of 1990. Yeah. Um, Had to shoot it like the next month or so goes to LA in the summer of 1990 gets picked up as an does extra. some extra work um, eventually finds his way onto the set yeah and I don't think this is necessarily what pushes him into being famous oh no like it's not like this is like everyone's like you gotta see this kid in child of darkness he's in one <laughs> shot <laughs> but he, man he's so good in that one shot man he's phenomenal in that one shot believe me you won't believe it yeah um cool so, I mean, is, I think that we're pretty much well caught up to speed yes. in terms of where he's currently at in 1991 with Child of Darkness. Um, yes. He is not a Child of Darkness, though. He he's is a, a Child of Light. He is a Child of Light. Um, but in this movie, he is neither because he, he is a person. Yeah. He's, not one, of, he's one of the mere mortals sure. in this movie that definitely exists. Um, uh, this is about to start my favorite part of the podcast, Jeff. Yeah. Are we about to get into the movie? I think we're about to get into the movie. All right. Let's get into the movie. Yes. Um. So yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie. It happens. Uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, child of darkness, child of light. Yeah. No. Um. I. It was exciting to crack open this notebook again. Oh I wrote, man. I wrote in big font, Fraser's Edge. I did not take notes on this movie. Oh, Stewart's raw dog in this, <laughs> this I, show. I think I'm gonna be raw dog in this podcast. Oh, a little bit. spicy. Uh. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm definitely try- like at the beginning of for, at Travolting. I was taking like two or three page notes. I'm definitely settling into less now. Yeah, just pointing out very specific things I want to talk about. Sure, 
rather than be like this happens then this happens he's like i i can i watch if i if i'm doing that i'm not watching the movie and then if i'm not watching movie, i'm not going to remember it anyway right exactly uh so we start off with the priest driving yes we start off with the priest father rosetti is that correct i don't know <laughs> i think i believe it's father rosetti i don't remember any of the names in this movie i don't think anyone remembers this movie no no one does it was a tv movie uh, so yeah this movie child of darkness child of light is directed by marina sargenti um who's a television director she did some episodes of xena warrior princess um and models inc looks like that's basically her claim to fame it doesn't look like she's really worked since 2005 when she was in a documentary called steven tobolowski's birthday party <laughs> which is i steven tobolowski great guy i'm glad he had a good birthday um glad they filmed it and sent it out there but uh she directed this it's based on a book by james patterson called virgin um i could okay yeah it's a james patterson story um james patterson who has not airplane novels who's only written like what one book in his life it's not like he writes seven books a year and uh ghost has them all ghost written and wrote one with bill clinton um whoa 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 uh Seems like you got a little a little story there, Jeff. James Patterson's just very funny because like Stephen King has such a, I love Stephen King and Stephen King has such a beef with James Patterson. <laughs> yeah. Patterson, like I'm gonna show you this list right now. Look look at how many books he's written in this one franchise alone, in the Alex Cross franchise. Oh my twenty nine books. Look at all these books this guy has written. Do you think one man is able to write all these books? Of course not. No, he definitely he he has, has the Mulgo written. Uh, anyway, this is based on one of those many books that he probably spent a, a brief Sunday afternoon sketching a plot for and then had someone else write it. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's um, a television movie. It's not a feature film. Fraser's first feature film will be Dogfight, which will be our next episode. Yeah. Um, but this is a television motion picture. Yeah. And it was shot in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. On a potato camera. Yes, on a literal potato with a lens on it. <laughs> No, the, like we said, the only way we could find to watch this was on YouTube, which is, and it's clearly ripped off of VHS. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, like, the upper left-hand corner literally has, like, the play yeah. thing appear. At the yeah, I saw that. Because someone just clearly recorded this in 1991. And no one cares to take it down. Yes. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, who has the time to file that, like, copyright claim on YouTube? And, who, uh, and who's actually claiming royalties off of this movie right now? James Patterson, probably. Maybe. Uh, so yeah, a priest is driving, yes. Father Rossetti is driving somewhere, and then he gets attacked by these two motorcyclists. Yes, he gets attacked by black-clad motorcyclists. And, you know, my first thought is, oh, these guys are attacking a priest. Are they part of, like, a satanic cult or something, or what? He gets, a like, knocked off the road. Yeah. He survives, He though. survives, and he manages to like have one of the like flip one of the bicyclists over. Yeah, Alpha Cliff. It's very funny. The whole thing is shot like a student film. Yes, like uh, you can clearly tell when the motorcyclist reaches in through the driver's side window that the yeah. car's not moving, and yeah. the dude's literally just like balancing himself or something on the window, and that's yeah. all he's doing. He's like, ah, like, have a, a fan blowing at him. Yeah, it. I do want to say like, I was expecting this movie to just kind of be dull. I was not expecting it to be quite so filled with car chases for a movie about... Was it filled with a lot? There's like two or three car chases in this movie. They're not good car chases. They're not exciting. But I do have thoughts on this later. Okay. That we'll get to. All right. 
uh, we later find out, you know, the Father Rossetti is in like the hospital wing in the Vatican. Yes. Some shit like that. And that's when we get introduced to another priest. Yes. Father, Father Justin O'Carroll. Justin O'Carroll. Played by Tony Dennison. Who sounds so much like William Hurt in this movie. It was really throwing me off. Every scene he walks in, he like has the kind of Will Hurt. Uh, I can't do the voice, but. I get what you're saying, though. He has that very. And I could be like, is part in this movie? I have no idea. Yeah. I, I do want to say Tony Dennison. Uh, do you know who he has played? What act, What famous character he has played at one point in his career? Oh, let me guess. Bill Clinton? Yeah. No. What? Who? Um, in 1994, um, Anthony Dennison, the lead of this movie, played a John Gotti in the motion picture Getting Gotti. I just had to say it. Well, it's a good thing that this podcast isn't related to in any shape yeah, or form. I, why Gotti. would why would I talk about Gotti? Right. Um, we we exercise those demons, much like the exercise the demon in this movie, <laughs> bringing us back to it. Ah, uh, so, yeah. Father Justin's he's at the he's at the Vatican. And he's checking in with Father Rosetti, and Father Rosetti's like, limp. he's like a vegetable. He's yeah. in a wheelchair. He doesn't speak. He doesn't do anything. And they're like, we think he was he was attacked. We don't know who did it. Who would have wanted to do this? Yes, to a priest. Not a satanic cult. Yeah. But they're like, we have discovered there might have been a virgin birth in Pennsylvania. That's what he was going to find out. So... And she might be carrying the second coming of Jesus. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> this movie really kind of brushes that fact aside. Like, well, it's all about, like, they try to, like, investigate whether she's truly a virgin or not. Yeah. And they seem to have a really hard time believing it. Yes. Because of, yeah. Because the, the, like, I don't know if it's the Pope or just a cardinal, but he kind of fills in Father Justin. He's like, all right, here's the deal. Father Rossetti was on his way to Pennsylvania to check out the reports of a virgin birth. Yes. Um, he did not make it. Um, we need you to go. And Father Justin's like, why am I investigating a virgin birth? I mean, besides the obvious. Like, yeah. what's, how, why do we think this is potential? And they're like, do you remember the miracle that happened 40 years ago? Oh, yes. And I was like, and he's like, of course, everyone knows about that miracle. And I'm like, well, and I Googled it, and it's not a thing that ever happened. Like, it's not even like in the Catholic Church they talk about this. It's just, it's just they made it up for the movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember that part. Yeah, they're like, they got this... The Virgin Mary came down. She handed two sealed letters to us. To us? Yes. Who's us? The Vatican. <laughs> she went to the Vatican? <laughs> they met her somewhere. In Convenient. Italy. Yes. <laughs> Dan, she didn't go she to like, you two know. Two sealed letters. Danbury, Missouri. <laughs> she, she handed us two sealed letters. Two letters. Was it like. They had a little, they had a little scotch tape on them, so is, it didn't open is up this, by Is this the Vatican? No, you're in uh, Friedrichsville, oh, Missouri. Like, Virgin Mary's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, wrong place. The transportation device didn't yeah. work against Ga Scotty. Gabriel, you Ga fucked it up. Come, come on. <laughs> <laughs> then she goes again, and then finally yeah. in the Vatican. But she made it, and she handed them two letters. And the first one must be opened in the year 1990. Okay. And they open it. And it says, there will be a vir there will be two, virgin, two virgin births. Yeah. One um, will be carrying the child of light. And the other will be carrying... The child of darkness. Yes. The second coming of Jesus and the Antichrist. Yes. <laughs> and so, like, we need you to go investigate this um, this virgin birth. Thought. What would they, what, what are, what's their plan for when they find out which one's carrying which? I mean, they do it at the end of the movie. Do they? They burn that fucker alive. <laughs> um, yeah, that's... It, it, well, I, did, I, but at the it, ending of the movie, though, the ending of the movie... Have you ever asked the question... 
Have you ever heard the question like, what would you do if you could go back to baby Hitler? That's what this movie is. <laughs> That's what this movie is textually about. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> it's okay. a, it's a little messed up. It is a little messed up. It's um, very messed up. So these they're like, there's another letter, and he's like, can I open it? And they're like, no. Uh, okay, they'll open it later for him as a treat. This movie is this is maybe the already the least exciting movie I've ever watched. (laughs) So unexciting. Uh, Like I'm trying to think of like like even Dumb Waiter the Basements is a little bit more exciting than this one. Because there's not even like a good like there's no like act I mean Cello Ward's fine. I like her. But for the most part there's not like any actors of excitement in this movie. So he goes to Pennsylvania, Father Justin. He meets this girl, um, Margaret. Ah, uh, yes. And he's like, all right, I'm going to begin the investigation if she's a virgin. And he asks her, are you a virgin? And she's like, yes. All right. And he's case, like, case closed. Case closed, guys. <laughs> he goes to her doctor, and her doctor's like, I don't believe in you priest guys. Um, he's like, well, you say miracle, I peddle in fact. And the priest's like, is she a virgin? He's like, yeah, I tested <laughs> they're like okay case closed well, um, it, like this scene is so weird because it's like let me put it this way she's intact yes and I'm like what do you mean it's like the girl hasn't even masturbated <laughs> and I'm like what the fuck <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> I don't think they understand like anatomy and shit yeah. but oh, I don't know meanwhile there's a crow you can definitely tell this was written by men yes you don't know things it is directed by a woman yeah. um, but which I presume makes it better than the worst version of this. Probably, yeah. I mean, the title of the moot book is Virgin. Yes. So. The tagline for this movie is a holy miracle and unholy terror. Miracle is misspelled on the poster. Um, anyway. So I'm going to kind of just speed run through this plot a little bit. Because why? Why There's too, There's not enough time in the world. Um, <laughs> okay. So they determine that she's a virgin. Yes. And that she's pregnant. Great. And she goes and stays with them at well, this convent. The father, kind well, she's staying at a convent. Yeah. And so the priest kind of stays there with her for a little bit. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a crow that's been following him around and like apparently causes evil miracles. What's yeah. A, what's a bad miracle around her? What's a bad miracle? What's a bad miracle? Oh, uh, is it when the guys bully her? Uh yeah, like the bullies and whatnot. I don't know what the other one else is happening. Um, there's like a guy in a black suit and a hat who keeps following, who keeps appearing. We is find it? out the end who it is. Um, but like you're led to believe it might be Satan. Jesus Christ, Jeff. You really watched this movie way better than I, I did. I watched this movie like two hours ago. So it's just I watched fresh. this movie like a week ago. Yeah. And I don't remember anything. Um, but he's being followed by who we presume is Satan. Anyway, he determines she's a virgin. He goes back to the Vatican. Is like, all right, she's a virgin. And they're like, all right. You're going back. You're going back. In Boston, we've determined another one. You have to go determine if she's a virgin and then figure out which one's holding, the, carrying the child of darkness and which one's carrying the child of light. We're sending you help, though. So they send him with a. So they send him to Boston, and he meets up with uh, Sailor Ward. Sister Anne. Sister Anne. The only good thing about this entire movie. She's good in this. She is really good in this. She's really good in this. Um, Sailor Ward, who I mostly know from, she's in The Fugitive. Yeah. Um, she's uh, Richard Kimball, Harrison Ford's wife, who dies in the opening scene of the movie. That he didn't kill. Because he didn't kill, kill my wife! wife! <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm out of my house! Okay. Uh, she was also the president in Independence Day Resurgence. 
But she's mostly settled in as like a TV actor, TV movie actor. Yeah. Um, this is one of those. Um, but she's really good in this. I liked her performance. She gets the end credit, which is deserved because she's maybe the one good performance in this. Oh, she plays Stacy Warner in House. House's yes. ex-wife. Yes. And she's really good. Uh, and she's in the day after tomorrow. She's in a good stuff. She really went out for this movie that she yeah. did not need to. Yes, yeah, she's pu- she's putting the work. in. She's putting the work in. And it's like, listen, Sailor Ward, no one's watching this movie. Yeah, I hope you know you really could have just like half-assed that. Yeah, and it would have been fine for yeah. your career probably. But no, she's she's like she's she doesn't take sick days. Is a way to say it. She, she she's not wow. taking any sick days. Wow, Jeff Sweeney, she what? doesn't take sick days. You like that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna coin that term. You like that? I'm gonna take that term and take yep. it to the bank. Let's <laughs> put it in the bank. I'm gonna put that one in the bank. There, she doesn't take sick days. I'm gonna use that expression. It's like we're not taking sick days on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use it when we start back work this week. Um, oh my god, where we will take lots of sick days. Yes. Um, Can but, I fill that in for the audience here? So, what? like little context folks is we've been doing travolting the, the first podcast sort of in tangent with jeff and i's job yes and we work for this like big network show i don't need to get into the specifics yes. but and it almost happened purely at by, the, coincidence. by coincidence that we finished this podcast right as we finished the season yes and again not getting into specifics like it's a long show so the show shoots for like 10 months and yeah. then it takes like two months off so it just so happens that we like took our like little sabbatical for the season one and season two of Travolta. Roughly the same time we were off from work. And so now we are recording this first episode of season two, Fraser's Edge. Yes. Like the the day before I at least go back to work. You don't go back to work, but I I mean I think I mean I should be there. Oh, are you coming tomorrow? Oh no, I'm not coming tomorrow. Okay. Oh yes. I forgot you start to- you start tomorrow. I start tomorrow. You don't start yes. tomorrow. You start Wednesday. Hypothetically. I Hypothetically. still need to know exactly. Right. But it's just so funny that we are recording this literally yes. like day the day before, like we go right back into work yes. for this big show. Yes, it's almost like it here was we meant are. To be. It's meant to we, be. We're back at it. it feels like we we never left. Forget about doing this podcast in a time of our lives where we're not busy. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> we want to actually squeeze the hours out of us. <laughs> we want to use them all. Up. Use them all up. That's what we do. Okay. Anyway, speaking of not taking any sick days, Sell Award. Yes, Sell Award. Um, so they go to Boston, and they meet this girl, Margaret. Margaret. Who apparently, the rumor is that she actually did sleep with this guy. Who is? Um, Do we, you know who he is? You know? He really seemed familiar. And oh, I, come on, I Jeff could Sweetie. Not, I did not want to put it's any effort. It's Josh Lucas. It's Josh Lucas? Josh Lucas, who plays John oh, L. Jordan oh, III. This is it the is guy Josh Lucas. from Eric from the Eric Bana Hulk yes. who is like stop yes. I need a sample <laughs> it's like this <laughs> it is oh my god and it it's is the same Josh guy Lucas. Leo Ford from Ford v Ferrari yes literally yes. that dude he was in Yellowstone yeah yeah what? oh my god what else have I seen this guy in uh, I've seen Sweet him in Home Alabama Glory the- Road uh, he was in uh, I saw him in something just recently Ford v Ferrari I mean, Forfrey Ferrari, yes, and Hulk. I also maybe it's just Hulk. I think it's Hulk. Uh, well, the Eric oh, Bana it's the Hulk? fucking Weight of Water, the Catherine Bigelow movie that doesn't exist. The Weight of Water. Uh, don't 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 bother. You okay. life is too short. Well, he was um, in Space Warriors as Colonel Roy Manley. Americans. I can't believe I'm. Li- <laughs> when I was watching this, I was like, I recognize this guy. Where do I recognize him? He's from? in J. Edgar, the Leo DiCaprio movie, the Lincoln Lawyer. Um, 
it's weird because like Josh Lucas is an interesting actor. Yes. You might say this is the Lucas cast for a second. Yes. Um, so this dude, Oh, nope, not that guy. I'm trying to get back to his. He's one of those character actors who just kind of pops up in things. And you're like, oh, that guy. And if you look at his, like, IMDb, like, he's in a lot. He has 81 credits. Yeah, he works. He's consistently, he's a working actor. Yeah, and it's like, I would say, like, 60 of those movies are, like, movies you probably never heard of. Oh, there goes my vape. Uh, uh, don't vape, kids. It's unhealthy for you. Um, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, 60 of those movies are like no-name films or TV shows. But then every once in a while, he pops up in a yeah. movie that's like, what's the fuck's he doing yeah. here? He's, like, he's one of those working actors. Yeah, yeah. Which is maybe my favorite brand of actor. And he can give you a really good, annoying villain. Yes, he's great in Hulk. He's great in Hulk. And I'd say he's great in Ford v. Ferrari. Yeah. He's a little over top. But, I mean, like, that movie is just over the top. I like Ford v. Ferrari, but that's a little over the top of me. And yeah, and so, so he I, fits I like, the bill yeah. of over the top. He's doing. He's he. Um, he didn't take sick days, and he didn't take and sick days. He read the assignment. He understood the assignment. Yes, yes. He he logged on to Canva or whatever website <laughs> colleges Canva. are. Canva. What, what, what colleges? What the fuck? No, you're right. You're absolutely right. It is. It is Canva. Yeah, isn't that what the kids use now? Yeah, it's like, Canva or like Blackboard. Yeah, uh, one he of those logged two. on. He read the assignment. He turned it in on time. Oh my god, um, Jeff, sweetie, <laughs> we love Jeff. We love Jeff. getting back to school. Josh Lucas. Um, in this movie, I'm glad that you pointed out who he is. Yes, so I could recognize him. And he plays John L. Hubbard Jordan or some shit like the that. third. John L. Jordan. That's John L. Jordan the third. Yes. Uh I only know that because Brendan Fraser is credited as John's, John's friend. friend. Yes. Uh, so they go to interview Josh Lucas. And uh, he's like, yeah, I slept with her. So what? <laughs> that, that's literally the tone of that scene. Is is. He's like, so what? Yeah. Yeah, I knocked her up. Josh Lucas, 1991. And it's Not, like, okay. Okay. Okay, dude. Um, it's like, and she even says it. Cello Ward even says, like, why are you being so sour about yes. her? It's like, I got a reputation to uphold, you yeah. know? And then Kathleen's like, I didn't sleep with him. He'll say that he did, but I didn't. And they're like, hmm. It's like he tried. He got all rapey with me. Yeah. But he attempted to, but he failed. Yes. Um, he couldn't get it up, I think is what she says. Yes. He was struggling. Um, I do want to say there is a great line in this movie around this point um, where the uh, where Father Justin's talking to somebody about like verifying the, the facts of the matter. Um, and he says... And they're like, what happens if you can't prove? And he's like, well, if we may do anything and we can't prove it, the press would make an untidy meal of us and the church would suffer the indigestion. Oh. Which is a fun line. The one fun line. Interesting. Followed mm -hmm. in the movie of she's intact. <laughs> yes. It's very strange. Um, and also while I'm watching this, like around this point, Kathleen like wakes up at night and like there's just noises and there's a crow in her house and she gets locked in a room at one point. With yeah, a bunch of birds. There's a lot of strange things that happen around yes. both women. That's the thing. It's like you would think like the the woman who's carrying the shadow of darkness has like evil things happening around her. Yeah. But the woman who's carrying the shadow of light, she like he heal people or do some cool shit. It seems like both women have like demons yeah. following them well, around. Well, when, when I like when the ending kind of establishes which one's carrying what, it makes sense in that to the first girl, uh, Margaret. Who's car who at the end is carrying the child of darkness plot twist? Um, she's having a lot of evil things happen around her, but never to her. Like the bullies die when they attempt to hurt her. Yeah. 
Um, meanwhile, Kathleen, all the stuff is happening to her. She's being attacked by dogs and birds and shit. Yeah. So there's kind of that dichotomy going on, but you know, you're led to believe they're both having bad things happen. So you can't tell. Right. Um, around this point, like she wakes up at night and she gets attacked by something. And I, earlier in the day, had gone into my office and I closed the door and I didn't close it all the way. And I thought about the time and I'm like, that's whatever. Uh, right as this scene happens and like Satan appears in the room, my door blows open. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> I mean, I remembered that I had not closed it all the way earlier. Yeah. So I quickly was like, okay, the wind just blew it open. Like, like the air conditioning just blew it open. Are you sure about that? If I had closed it all the way and that happened, I would have been a little bit like, okay. But hell? I specifically remember not closing it all. Folks, long. watch Child of Darkness, Child of Light in your room. And let us know if the door is. In the middle of the night, alone. I would say if you're going to watch a horror movie in the middle of the night, this is probably the one to do it because you will just fall asleep. And Honestly, yeah. You're not going to have a problem. You're going to have a great night's sleep. Nothing spooky in this movie. Right. This is horror movie in name only. Yeah. Um,. But yeah, so while they're in Boston, we cut back to Michelle uh, or Margaret in Philadelphia or Pennsylvania. A bunch of bullies come to her house and they climb on the roof and like do a mock hanging outside of her window. This scene didn't really make sense to me. And then, like, if you thought, and then it turns into a real hanging and you, then they all fall into a greenhouse and get impaled. Because <laughs> like, yeah, if they had thought one step ahead of what they were doing, they would have found out. Oh, Bad yeah. idea. This is not a good idea, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. You know, hanging ourselves. Don't, don't, don't mock me over a garden. I'm starting to think hanging ourselves over a glass enclosure maybe not the best idea. Maybe it doesn't have all the Fruit Loops in the ball, you know. Oh, uh, Johnny P is trying to take a sick day, boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, the, the kid fucking hangs himself by accident, and they all fall in the greenhouse. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no. Because Satan's protecting her from these guys. Because she's the one carrying the child of darkness. Yes. Margaret. Yes. Okay. And so we cut back to Boston. Um, Satan starts getting into Sister Anne's head. And she starts having visions about having sex with Father Justin. Yes. This is where Sailor Ward actually kind of like delivers. Yeah. She's really really delivering it. Yeah. She's really really, uh, bringing home the bacon. (laughs) I'm just going to try and throw as many of these sayings in these episodes now. Just because it's so undeserved. Yes. Like, she, this movie did not deserve Sailor War. When we get to The Mummy, I'm just going to be like, yeah, he's good. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but then the bad movies, I'm going to be like, you know, the thespian qual. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know she starts um, having visions of having sex she with Justin. She starts having sex dreams. Yes. And then the she priest. walks into the room once with all her clothes off. Yeah, completely naked. Yes. Um, And then one night, Satan kind of shows his hand. And takes possession of Kathleen's, like, maid or housekeeper who comes at her with a knife. And then Kathleen manages to, like, throw her off a roof. Yeah. And then Justin comes in and you think he's there to help and save her. But then from the ground below, you hear, stop! That is the Satan! And Father Justin's revealed that he's Satan all along. Oh, my gosh. And Father Rossetti faked his brain injury so he could follow Father Justin and catch him in the act. And then he summons lightning and zaps Father Justin. Oh, yeah, I did remember this. He who fucking, explodes. He calls upon the power of Thor. Yeah, and, and he zaps him. And zaps the motherfucker. Yeah, and Father Justin dies. Satan dies. Yes, Satan, who had taken well, Satan, who, had, who was possessing Father Justin. Yes, because Father Rossetti, the the Palpatine lightning yeah. attack, <laughs> and it's literally what he does. Like to hear the 
It's like, by the power of Grayskull, unlimited power! Yeah. Uh, I ruined my notes at this point. Ha 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 ha. Um, <laughs> just so you know. The effects were really bad, but hey. Yeah, it's, got, it's funny. It's it gets, funny. It gets the point across. This is when this is the part of the movie that I'm like, okay, I I can watch this. That's the part you say you can watch this? Like, if here's the thing. I, when watching this movie, I was like, you know, if there's going to be any of these Christian faiths that are like 100% actually true, I want it to be the one where there's priests having car chases with demons and shooting lightning at them. That is pretty That's safe. at least cool. It is kind of cool. It's poorly done in this movie. Yeah. But the concept of it is at least cool. Yeah, right. And so I like watching it. I'm like, yeah, he's chasing them. He's chasing Satan in a, like, 1992 Chevy. Because then, not Father Justin, but is it Selah Ward? Yeah, Selah Ward, Sister Anne, goes to Pennsylvania and steals Margaret and the baby. Who, or, or she steals... Yeah, she yeah. kidnaps Margaret and the Who's baby. Who's in labor. Yeah. And then she gives birth, and in the Sister car. Anne's like, it's the child of darkness. And it's like... <laughs> yeah, we never see the child, but it apparently looks grotesque. It's it's the Rosemary's baby thing. Yeah. Where it's yeah. She just you're it's off screen. We don't yeah. actually see what the baby looks like. Because that's more terrifying. Apparently. Oh, hypothetically. In terms of film, it should be more terrifying. Can we agree that that trope is kind of over now? I wouldn't say it's over. It needs to be done tastefully. The whole like, oh, but the imagination is scarier than what we can create in film. And I'm like, uh, we can create some pretty scary shit yes. right now, man. Because I think the like the good version, the good executions of that are Jaws. Like Jaws, by fact that the shark didn't work for most of the shoot. Yeah, they have to not really show it much, which makes it scarier when you finally see it. And it makes sense. It's all about it's restraint. Like, all you have to do it's like you know if you side if you make the camera the shark's POV, and because it's the shark and so it's underwater which means it's hard to see the yeah. shark which means it makes sense that we don't see the shark that often but all we do get is the vibe and the feeling that the shark is approaching closer which heightens the tension and suspense but I don't think if you're purely hiding something if you're not showing something on camera because you think the imagination shock value will be better I don't necessarily you, you agree. You have with that. to really pull it off. Well. Like people who say the shower scene in Psycho is like so horrible and grotesque because we don't see any like the, we don't see the actual stabbing. We just see like the knife and like her and all that stuff. And we see like some blood drip on the floor. And like for the '60s and like back then, like I can yeah. imagine that being. But if you show that to today's audience, like. And then versus show them like a scene from Saw. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but Saw's going to win every time in terms of what's gross, more gross yeah. and more shock value. Just in terms of what we can do nowadays. Yeah. So I'm just. There, there's I'm, a certain elegance to doing it well. Blair Witch being, I think, a great example and that you never see the witch. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, I don't love Blair Witch. I th it's a good movie, but yeah. it's not my favorite. But um, I think there's ways to do it well. This movie does not execute that well. No. Like, because you 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 don't see the, like, I want to see the little demon baby. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it's just, I'm sure, I want to see it. I want to see what it looks like. I'm going to take that audio clip and save that in my archives no, of Jeff. I want to see, like, I want to see the little demon baby. I want to see the little demon baby. Like, <laughs> for real, if you're making this kind of, like, movie about a demon baby, when it finally pops out, I want to see it. 
episode. Yeah. <laughs> then, but they don't show it to you because they probably couldn't afford to make an, an animatronic. No. Or something. And it's also like we need to see like what the differences between the Child of Darkness and Child of yeah. Light are. Otherwise, how do you know? Because we see the Child of Light and it's just a baby. It's a little baby. Yeah. That's um, it. So Sailor takes the baby and leaves Margaret dying in a field. Yes. Um, and she dies. Father Rossetti chases after Sister Anne and the baby. Yes. And manages to get their car, get into a car crash and flip them both over. And the cars are leaking gas, and he lights the gas on fire and kills himself, but also kills Sister Anne and burns the little demon baby alive. Yes. Uh, troublesome? Yes. A little. A little. They just See, if they had shown us what this little demon baby looks like, him burning a child alive would have been, like, maybe a little more palatable. Palatable. Yes. Not not like a lot, but if I, like, just like... But also, this, like, like, I think about Hellboy. Yes. Could we not have raised this demon baby to fight for good? <laughs> we should have. I feel like that was a thing. Yeah. That could have been a thing. No, but he, Father Rossetti says, no, he burns. The child him. must die. Yes. Okay. Um, And then that's how the movie ends. Oh, no, it isn't. It's There's not. one more scene. There's one more scene. This is what confused me the most. Yes. This was this scene is very confusing. It says 10 years later. Yes. There's a bunch of little kid, 10-year-olds coming out of a um, school. A school. There's an old lady crossing the street. Yes. And she uh, gets... Well, first we see a little boy stop, and he looks, and his eyes turn red. And then the old lady gets hit by a car. Yeah. I'm more like, they killed their own baby. (gasps) But then. Then. You see this blonde girl. Yes, and she looks at the old lady dead on the ground, and she glows gold. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the woman comes back to life. She's the child of light. Child of darkness. Um, And then... It freeze frames on her glowing angelically, and then the credits start. So, what the fuck happened? Yeah, I want to know, because we killed the child of darkness, so why was it in the last scene? And why did it not look like a little demon? Is Satan just possessing this other child in battle with the child of light? Uh, you know, I don't really know, nor do I particularly care. But you know what we skipped? We skipped Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. <laughs> we skipped him being in this movie. Yeah. No, there's a I quick scene where it. they say, we got to talk to John. Uh, Josh uh, Lucas. Josh Lucas. Uh, Margaret's boyfriend or Kathleen's? Kathleen's boyfriend. We got to talk to Kathleen's boyfriend again. Yeah. So they go to the lacrosse game that he's at. Yeah. And he starts bleeding from the mouth. Yeah. And he passes out on the ground yeah, and, and, he they d- all, and he does like, die am i gonna die and it's like you're gonna be all right you're gonna be all right and then there's a shot that pans around and gets reaction sure, of, all the, like, of the lacrosse team players and one of the players we see is, is none brendan other fraser. it's brendan fraser brendan fraser ladies and gentlemen jeff is pulling something up from his phone i am just looking at the picture you sent me yes of him um so there he is looking all sad and shit looking all sad and shit Yes, he's got some. He's got some scraggly hair in this. It's got some longish scraggly yeah. hair in this. You know it, Jeff. I think it's oh. time. Are you doing it? I think it's time. Are you doing it? That we bring back. Are you doing it? He's doing it, folks. I think he's doing it. Cue the hair. Okay. to the Harry oh, yes. before Fraser's yes. Edge, baby. Bringing it back. 
All right, here we go. I got the picture up. Okay, so I mean, just put it on the list because yeah. it's the first one. <laughs> it's gonna be number one. <laughs> but just put it on. Just put it on the list. All right, Fraser's Edge. Hair well, okay. In in actuality, though, folks, like I'm doing this for this first episode, but to truth be told, um, I'm not entirely sure what I'm gonna do for Brendan Fraser because here's the thing. Not to keep bringing up John Travolta, but yeah. to bring up John Travolta, you know, the hair ranking was so quintessential to his person. Yes. It was a clear cut measurement of where he was at in life, where he was at his career and where he was at emotionally. And I feel like you could definitely just by tracking where he is, like with the hair, you could almost just like follow the arc of his career, mm -hmm. I feel like. So like, is that could I say the same for Brandon Fraser? I Does the hair matter as much to Fraser the, as it did to Travolta? The hair Travolta? does not matter in the same way it mattered for Travolta. Right. It all depends if you still want to do it. But then what else? What is there that matters At, to Fraser? Like abs. No, that's not it. No. Because that would just be strange. No, that would be strange. But like, I don't know. Like, maybe... Question, Jeff. Yes. Does Brendan Fraser cry in every movie? I don't think he cries in every movie. He does have a good cry, though. He does have a good cry. Hmm. The cry ranking. To be continued, ladies and gentlemen. So for right now, do we want to say it's a hair ranking? Let's call it a hair ranking for now. Yes, and then we'll we'll think about this. We'll think about this, because I'm not convinced that there isn't a movie where Brendan Fraser doesn't cry. We'll see. I mean, I don't think he cries in the next one we're covering. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I mean, the second movie, we're already falling short. Well, the second movie, he's... He kind of does cry, though, because mm -hmm. he gets punched in the face. He, do he does get punched in the face. I Go mean, uh, to be continued... Brendan Fraser goofball count? <laughs> I don't know if... Like... I mean, he yells a lot. Yell ranking? No. We'll no, think about it. We'll think about it. Um, but for, for now, now, it's a hair ranking. For now, it's a hair ranking, yes. but to be, to be changed in the future. Okay. Uh, so that was Brendan Fraser. I mean, great performance. I thought it was amazing. Uh, Oscar worthy. Yes. Definitely take off his career. Yes. It, it, it's fine. He's, he's in one shot. Yeah. He looks good. Um, but yeah, that's, I think the, uh, that's the movie. Yeah. So I like, you know, usually we have like a post track for this movie, uh, for movies. much like with late Travolta. I don't have anything for this. This aired on TV. Um, you, USA Network. You mean to tell me Brendan Fraser was not handed the book of Dianetics <laughs> on the set of this? <laughs> he was not handed the book of Dianetics on the set. Of this. Thank God. Um, is Brendan Fraser religious at all? I believe he is. Um, he has faith. Let me let me check on this. I'm gonna Wikipedia this. I'm. I already got it up. Yeah. Um. There's nothing on his. I mean, there's some quotes about him about like you know how he prays for guidance. But I don't think he's like necessarily a super devout um, Christian of any way. Yeah. Yeah. He he doesn't open up about his faith a lot. It seems like. But that being said, that being um, said, I don't have anything about the aftermath of this movie. Um, it comes out. Fraser is in it. Um, he gets more work after this, and then the movie doesn't really go on to do anything. Yeah. I think that's basically it. <laughs> This is the first episode. It's the beginnings. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, this episode's more so about establishing 
Fraser as a person than it is talking about this movie. Mm-hmm. This movie is kind of just the vessel to accomplish that. Yeah. So do you have something? You look, you look intrigued by something. Well, I just, uh, I, I looked up a website and it says uh, he's uh, Jewish, but he doesn't practice Judaism. Ah. So, but that's just one website. I gotta like, I, gotta, I, I can't substantiate that claim. And then there's a second website who says, yeah, Judaism. Judaism. So that, but like, again, maybe he's just, he's Jewish, but he is not like a practicing Jew. So I'm not, I'm not sure. Sorry. I just wanted to ver- okay. clarify that. Gotcha. Cause I mean, this, we're, we're getting to us, uh, our second celebrity and, you know, from Travolta on day one, we knew what he was. Yeah. Remember there was like a brief moment where we're like, oh, should we do Tom Cruise next? And they're like, okay, we just be pigeonholing ourselves into covering Scientologists. Let's not do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Maybe we'll get to cruise control somewhere down the line. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, okay. But I think that's it. Stuart, any final thoughts on Child of Darkness, Child of Light? Uh, I would have liked to have seen more Palpatine electrocutions and uh, Josh Lucas. More Josh Lucas. Sailor War was good. I liked Sailor Ward. And uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty much all I have to say about this movie, Jeff. Yeah, I think that's all I have to say as well. So um, with that, I'll say um, thank you folks for listening to the first episode of The Fraser's Edge. We hope you enjoyed it. And we hope you'll join us on this new journey um, into the soul of Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Um, make sure to tune in next week for an episode on Dogfight. Yes. Um, a movie that is significantly better than this one. Uh, significantly. Yes. I like Dogfight. Interesting. Okay. Um. But, um, yeah, that's it. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on. As a reminder, Travolting is still our name, uh, but Fraser's Edge is our game, and we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. I uh, can pop to our Reddit, r slash Travolting. Uh, it's very funny that that still exists. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at TravoltingPod. Email us TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Um, thanks, as always, to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bergen-Smith for our new theme song that is currently playing you out. And that's it. Thanks for listening, folks, and enjoy your week. And always remember, fuck White oh, Castle. Quick, quick thing, oh, quick thing. Oh, oh. Um, as a, yes, fuck White Castle. Okay. Um, folks, we are Fraser Fridays now. Uh, so just keep going. Oh, yeah, this episode came out on a Friday, yes. which I hope wasn't a surprise to folks because yes. we are Fraser Friday. Yes. All right. Fuck White Castle. Fuck White Castle. Bye. <laughs>